Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up? Welcome in this is the herd, wherever you may be, and however you may be making this part of your day. Thanks so much. I'm Doug Gottlieb, in for Colin Coward. The Friday. Friday. Hope you're out and about. Hope the weather is great where you are, albeit hot in so many places in this country. Um... You know, I find this to be fascinating. Have you guys seen this Spanish soccer story? I, I got to be honest with you. Okay. And I know we work for Fox Sports and Fox Sports Radio. But I did not know that Spain won the Women's World Cup. Did you? I mean, all, all honesty. Ryan Music, did you know that Spain won the Women's World Cup? Uh, I did, yes. Um, you watched it? I did not watch it, um, but when we prep for the herd, we show up very early in the morning, and it oh, was on. Yes, so I was not going out of my way to watch it, but I was aware of the results and witnessed part of it. And you don't have to do the like; it doesn't make you any less of an American or a human being or a man. They go like, "Yeah, dude, I watched it. I liked it. It's okay." No, right? definitely. I, but I'm just being honest. <laughs> it was not a point in television for me, but I was aware of it. Yes. Tui, were you aware of it? And was that how you were aware of it as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We knew that it had that game was like early Sunday morning, and then um, I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, I obviously, mean, I mean, once I, the U.S. women lost and were knocked out, it it lost some luster for a lot of people. But okay, so did you do you know what do you know about this? this yeah, about the coach spin. and the player, right? Not the coach. Okay. I'm sorry. The what was he? The president, I think of the. Yeah, so he's the president yeah. of the Spanish Soccer Federation, right. Luis Luis Rub- Rubiales. Okay, 
And when they won, they came and got their medals at the stand. And, you know, he hugged and picked up some of these ladies. And one of the women, Jenny Hermoso, he actually kissed on the mouth, on the lips. Now, it wasn't like he did the dip like, you know, he's Fred Astaire and, and went, you know, went in for, it was, I don't know, a second long, but it's definitely a, definitely a kiss. Now, kisses in different parts of the country mean different things. There are dudes kiss in soccer, not just the, the cheek thing. They'll kiss on the mouth. Like it's a different view of it, but there have been a lot of, I, I don't know. I, I don't read, watch Spanish television or read Spanish TV. I'm again, rock, reacting more to social media. People calling for him to resign. He refuses to resign. I just, this is a hard one. This is one where Americans are going to sit out because frankly, we weren't watching it anyway, but this is a, just a very different culture than our culture. And I feel like we will do this thing where we'll try and hop into other people's culture, put our own beliefs in. It's like, Hey, it's not ours. It doesn't matter. But I think it's interesting. Like in an act of excitement, dude was probably a little over the top. I don't know. And now he's just defiant and he's going after social media and, and talk about how woke people are. I think it's really amazing. Like you were the one who kissed her on the mouth and she didn't said she didn't want to kiss you. The people being kissed that don't want to be kissed. That's an interesting discussion as well. I, I guess in this particular instance, because they are so close, it was such a t- t- tight hug. And there is the cheek to cheek kiss thing. I, I will point this out. While we don't do the cheek to cheek kiss thing, I have been to dinner parties before where people you see, they do the fake. Is there a, is there a word for that? Music. Is there a word for the kit when you don't actually kiss somebody, but you put your cheeks next to, to them? Is there to a word? He's saying that? it's called a peck. No, a peck is when you just peck on the cheek. I'm talking, you don't actually make che- your cheeks touch, but your lips do not touch the cheek. It's like what you do when you it's go like to like a air, dinner party thing. Like an air air kiss or something? Yeah, I, I guess. I but, don't know. But, but you have to have the cheeks touching. Okay. That's all part of it. That's all part of it. So I'm just, um, I'm really interested in that, in in the what that's called. more Maybe more so than anything else. And I don't, I think that's, I don't get why people do that. I don't. But I've also never gotten the European dude kiss each other, either cheek or mouth. Like I just, but I was raised in America. It means something different than it means to me. On the other hand, there is a portion of me that loves the pushback over people who don't matter saying he should resign. Do the Spanish women think he should resign? Or is it just social media that thinks he should resign. I don't know. Watched some preseason football last night. Still watching highlights as we speak. Kenny Pickett looked good. And I think that what what you're searching for in the NFL now, and this is clearly a trend, is, I mean, obviously the first choice is whether or not you can find a star quarterback. If you can get a star quarterback in the draft, great. The problem with, I mean, I think the Packers knew this problem and that's why they drafted Jordan Love. The Steelers knew this problem and that's why they got Kenny Pickett. 
is that the, the elite franchises, and I think the Giants probably thought they would never, that was the big thing when they drafted Saquon Barkley, is like, I get that they like Saquon Barkley, but man, are they ever going to be in the top five ever again to draft where they could draft a quarterback? The, the trend is obvious. If you, if you can't draft or you don't have a superstar quarterback, the best route to go is a young quarterback on a rookie contract, and then you can fill out the roster around you. It's not that you don't want to have cost certainty and give a guy a contract extension, but you're going to overpay. And if you don't have an elite guy, what's the drop-off is not so great. I mean, perfect example is the Niners. Jimmy Garoppolo is, is more talented. Um, you know, in terms of arm strength, and obviously he's been hurt a bunch and he's torn his ACL. But Jimmy Graham is... You know, I may see I see McGram. Sorry, um, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is more talented than Brock Purdy, but Brock Purdy makes no money. He does what he's supposed to, when he's supposed to. Just gets the ball out, gets it to where it knows the offense, knows everything he's supposed to. But he costs nothing. You know, now Kenny Pickett's not going to cost nothing. But the way rookie first round pick contracts cost is up front, you pay out, and then year four, year five is when there's a a big payday. Outside of that, it's very, very reasonable, especially considering the top of the market is $50 million a year. And while you have a guy under rookie control, contract control, you spread all that money around. You go out and build an entire roster. And then you hope you have a guy who just won't lose you games. And maybe if you nail it, you get a guy that'll win you games. And if you got a guy that'll win you games, you give him a long-term contract extension um, and understand there's that's going to be your guy. So I watched Kenny Pickett last night and I don't think that he's a Herbert or a Burrow or doesn't pop that way yet. But if you said, hey, he's going to be just solid, he's smart, doesn't carry the ego of, of, of some of the first round pick quarterbacks, can get rid of the football. And you look at what have the Pittsburgh Steelers done They've rebuilt their roster, rebuilt their offensive line, rebuilt their wide receiving core. How have they done it? Because they're not spending all their money on quarterback. So when I look at Kenny Pickett and the potential for success, I think it's a it's like a team goal. Is he a 5,000, 5,500 uh, passing yard quarterback? No. They don't need him to be. They're always going to be good defensively. They've rebuilt the offensive line. They have a good running back. They have talented wide receivers. He just... A better, a more refined, stronger version of of what we saw from Brock Purdy. That, that dog will hunt. So, um, so look, I, I just, I think that if we take a breath, and what, and Colin was a guy who. I don't know. I mean, I by my overspeaking, Ryan, to say he wasn't crazy impressed by Kenny Pickett. And he didn't love Kenny Pickett. No, that is very accurate. He's, but he's starting to he's starting to come around some on Kenny Pickett. He's starting to come around some on Kenny Pickett. He's more so aligned with you in the sense of he's coming around on the Steelers as a whole. He likes what this team looks like and their total construction as a unit. Not necessarily like, oh my gosh, this team's going to do great simply because they have Kenny Pickett. 
See, I think that the plan that the, that Pittsburgh is executing is no different than the plan that the Green Bay Packers are executing, which is just get some guy who's been in the system that knows it, that's that operates it well. Let's hope let's hope he's good and he's solid, and we're going to build an entire team and win with the entire roster instead of win with one guy. That that's the philosophy. That's what the Niners have done. That's what the Packers are trying to do. You know that that's what the Steelers are trying to do. It'd be interesting to see if it works because that's a a division where you have, obviously the Ravens have gone all in on Lamar. The Browns have gone all in on Deshaun. And soon the Bengals will go all in on Burrow. But of course, the Bengals have been rebuilt based upon their draft choices and the fact that they have a quarterback on a rookie contract. Here's Eric Bangini, former Browns and Jets head coach, talking about Kenny Pickett and what we can expect this year. The jump from year one to year two and and what the expectation is and how they're going to use them, I think is going to determine a lot of his floor and ceiling. I don't, I don't know if he's going to jump from seven touchdowns to 25 touchdowns from year one to year two, and I don't know if they want to try to put that pressure on him. But if they, if they will just be satisfied with incremental growth and progress, which it seems like he made during the course of last season, and the expectations don't shoot to the roof, then I, I think he's got a chance, and they've got a chance to at least make a lot of noise in the division and, and you know, potentially the playoffs. Yeah. Um, um, Eric is higher on the Browns than other people. Um, I think you look at, at the Steelers and you know you're going to get nine wins from a Mike Tomlin team, and this one might be more talented than the previous ones that have gotten just above 500. And if, if Kenny Pickett can be good, he doesn't have to be great, I think he can win a lot of games. I mean, keep in mind, as spectacular as Lamar Jackson was when he won the MVP, he was the most inaccurate passer in the NFL last year. He hasn't been healthy the past two years. And I don't know if they're as good. It's like people are like, well, they got better wide receiving. We're like, they, they used a lot of resources for their wide receiving core during his time there. It's a new offense. It'll take a while to click. I, I just, I don't know what that looks like. Do I think the Ravens will be good? Yeah, they're usually always, they're always good. They probably should have beat the Bengals last year in the playoffs in Cincinnati. The, the Steelers, though, are, they're like the, they're like the new iPhone, you know? Is it great? Is it ground? I don't know, but do you know it's going to be good? It's going to have some new features. They know what they're, they know what they're doing. Like that would be actually be a great Apple iPhone commercial. Hi, we're Apple. We know what we're doing. You're up for a new phone? Come on in. It's going to be better than your old phone. Did Shohei Otani getting hurt actually help the Angels' chances of signing him? If they don't re-sign him, who does and what's the, what's the number? What's the number? And is Cody Bellinger actually going to be more sought after this offseason then Shohei Otani. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hi, it's The Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. 
Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. It's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www1800 800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. When yes. Those, when those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> You're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The that's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, oh. started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. We were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs. Yeah. And <laughs> didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. With Navian tankless water heaters, you'll be able to enjoy all the hot water you need to reduce your gas bills. Right now, you can save on hundreds, uh, hundreds thanks to local rebates and federal tax credits with your Navian contractor at tanklessmadesimple.com. John Pomerosi joins some Doug Gottlieb filling in for Collins. So heard on Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app. We're cre- creeping closer and closer to September, which, yes, Football season. But yes, also stretch run in baseball. And this week, a terrible injury to Shohei Otani. He's got a some form of a tear in his UCL and his pitching arm, which means he won't pitch the rest of the year. He will still uh, hit for the Angels. And he was likely to be the highest paid player in the history of the sport, maybe the history of all American professional sports. But now what? John Paul joins us uh, on the Doug Gottlieb show. Oh, excuse me, on the in the herd. He joined us yesterday on my show from a uh, his kid's school. They were supposed to meet the teachers. Instead, <laughs> they met a national radio audience. Um, JP, as you dig in, what are people in baseball saying now is the value to Shohei in the offseason? Yeah, Doug, it is a huge question, and it's something that I think we're going to be debating for a while. And I think the, the key piece of the, of the puzzle here that makes it difficult to, to give a, an exact number at the moment is 
We don't know for certain yet if he's going to have elbow surgery, and even if he does, what kind of surgery it will be, because not all UCL tears require Tommy John. There are some that uh, can have what's called an internal bracing procedure, uh, other different uh, approaches that can be taken, so there's a massive unknown there. But what we do realize fully is that it's not going to be what we what we thought it was this off season, where where he's going to be able to get a a ten year fifty million dollar a year deal for half a billion dollars. It just seems like that is a a very unlikely result at this point in time. And I think as we look towards this weekend series at City Field, he's playing in New York. What a stage this is! Um, what what he says about how important it is for him to be a starting pitcher. And I think that's going to really guide and determine everything else based on the length of his next contract. Does he go short-term? Does he still try to go long-term, but it's going to be less dollars if, if there's not as much of a guarantee? Does he go for a shorter-term deal that could become a longer-term deal with some vesting options? There's a whole lot of different approaches to take here. But I think, Doug, the, the reality is it's, it's not going to be the, the, the record-setting standard-setting deal that we all were hoping for and, and really dreaming of talking about for the last several months. Okay, so I'm like, short-term deal? Does uh, here, First question is, does this give the Angels a window to where Artie Marino can come in and say, look, we're going to stay with the same money. We're not adjusting. We still want you. And any chance that happens? Yes, there is. I think that there is probably a higher chance that he becomes and remains an Angel now than it would have been three days ago. Because even if you go with the, the safest possible course, which is let's, let's have an arm surgery of some type, and next year is going to be a combination of hitting only and then some pitching rehab, and then 2025 you hope will look more like what 2023 has looked like to this point, and then he goes back on the open market and, and tests things. Well, if you ask the question of where is the best place for him to have a stable structural environment and a good rehab process, one would say it's probably the same place that he's been since coming to the U.S. because he's comfortable there. Obviously, even though the first Tommy John didn't give him 10 years of, of wonderful performance like we thought it was going to be, it still gave him this the last several years of just absolute peak nothing that we've ever seen before type of performance. And so it's worked once there, and he may decide to stay back and just re-up for at least a couple years or maybe two years plus some besting options that he could hit. The other option would be the Dodgers because of just how, how good they are at helping pitchers through. They're, they're right now going through Walker Buehler, his second Tommy John at the moment, and uh, we'll see if that's a very successful return for Walker in the next several weeks. So that could be a nice model for what Shoei is going to go through as well. So it, it's, it really is, Doug, a, a fascinating decision for him, guided by what matters to him most, comfort, uh, being a DH next season, pitching at some point. I, I think the rehab procedure and everything else is really going to be contoured to what he says in the next week or so is what he wants to do. John Palmarosi joining us here. Uh, Doug Gollibin for Colin. This is The Herd on Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app. Now, you said to me yesterday, and you stand by that there's a there's a world in which Cody Bellinger is actually um, more desirable this offseason than Shohei? 
To some teams, yes. And, and it depends on, and what I mean by that is the context here is important. Uh, Cody Ballinger is a gold glove defender in center field and at first base. So you've got a gold glove defender at, at two different positions, and, and he is hitting at a, at a very close to Shohei level, at least since the last several months. And if there's going to be a, an uncertainty surrounding Shohei next year because of the surgery or, or just his general health and, and what he's able to give on the defensive slash pitching side of things, then you might say, well, if I, if I add up the, the offensive value of Bellinger plus the defensive value of Bellinger and I compare that to Shohei as strictly an offensive player, there are going to be teams that, at least for the next couple of years, they would say Bellinger is maybe the better option for them. Now, if we're talking about a the eight- or nine-year time horizon, and if, if there's a belief that Shohei is going to be able to get back on the mound and do what he's done this year, well, it's maybe a different value proposition. But for the near term, immediately in front of us, what we've got, uh, what we know is that Bellinger plays elite defense, and we're not sure about what Shohei does besides hit. And that's why I believe that, at least to some teams, that they will look at this and say, I need what Bellinger gives me right now more than what Shohei does. Wow, that's, I mean, that is absolutely, positively fascinating. Fascinating. Um, Dodgers are having an amazing season. Mm. But they they didn't fix their bullpen, and it felt like this was supposed to be sort of a gap year before they went all in on, on Shohei. I know the record is gaudy, but in reality... How far behind Atlanta are they as we get ready for the postseason? You know, Doug, it's a great question, and I think that what I would say is this. To this point, the Braves have been the better team, and and by a clear margin for me. However, two things on the Dodgers. Number one, they have not really ever had their pitching to this point. They've had a lot of injuries. I believe it's 14 different pitchers have started games this year for the Dodgers. It's a massive number. Uh, there are teams that have only had half that many different starting pitchers because of just all the injuries the, the Dodgers have encountered. So I, I think to this point they've been a little bit unlucky, unlucky in the injury area. And the other part is, on the positive side, is they're expecting to get some of these guys back. I, I referenced Walker Bueller a moment ago. They think that Blake Trinan can come and help their bullpen. They believe that Daniel Hudson could potentially help their bullpen. Evan Phillips has been a revelation for them at the end of the game. So I I think that is one area of the club, once they get fully healthy, where internally they're going to be able to hit their stride. Lance Lynn has come over at the trade deadline and, and, and pitched just tremendously well for the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Braves, though, they've got the better everyday club. And they have multiple MVP candidates, as the Dodgers do as well, by the way. Uh, you've got Acuna and Olsen. The Dodgers, of course, have Freeman and Betts. Um, and the Braves play every single day. Their everyday club, their everyday eight or nine position players, if you add in the DH, they are as consistent in, in playing and posting every day. They're more consistent than any other team in the game. That reliability matters to them a lot. It gives the team a certain tempo and identity and swagger that very few other teams have. And I think for all these reasons, of course, it's going to be a great series uh, next week at Dodger Stadium. We've got the Thursday game 
on MLB Network, and I think a lot of people around the game believe that if, if the Braves and Dodgers don't meet in the NLCS, it's going to be a pretty big surprise. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. Um, is are the is the world ready for the Orioles to play deep into the playoffs? I, I think the Orioles, for me, are the most complete team in the American League. We've seen in the American League West, everything has gotten very compressed. The Mariners have played great. The Astros and Rangers, less so. The Rangers really struggling over the last week. The Central will have probably one team above 500 at the end of the season in, in Minnesota. And the Orioles are the best team in the American League East right now. Um, they have, I think, some pretty good pitching depth that we don't talk about as much. Uh, Kyle Bradish has been one of the underrated starting pitchers in the game. They were able to win a, a really tough three-game series against the Blue Jays just this week. Uh, I, I love the way they play. And, and they play together. They play with a real attitude and a confidence. Adley Rutschman is, is an MVP candidate. And certainly, we'd still expect Otani to win it. But in terms of importance to a, to a winning team, Rutschman just has such, such confidence and competency back there behind the plate. He really runs the game back there so well defensively and impact bat offensively. They've got it. And we could maybe argue, and I would, that they probably should have done more at the deadline to add more payroll and more impact, that they did add Jack Flaherty, but he, he of course, uh, after his most recent start, didn't bounce back the way that he wanted to from a physical standpoint. So uh, I'm, I, I'm a little bit worried about their ability to go all the way through the World Series, but there has at least been no better regular season team in the American League this year than the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, Felix Batista, well, a 6'8", oh. 285 out of the pen, just coming he's in throwing Smith, gas. Doug. He's Lee Smith. Yeah, no, he's uh, 1.49 ERA, 109 strikeouts this year. I mean, he's it's 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 incredible what what what, what he's been doing, what that that team's been doing. Hey, uh, thanks for not joining us from uh, your kids' playground. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> See, this Doug, a, this my, a, my apologies on yesterday. By the way, Lulu, who uh, interrupted us yesterday, yeah, my five year old. Yeah. She is actually back at, uh, at, at camp today, so I, I was not at the playground to be interrupted by Lulu, so I, I made sure I'm on a landline. I said to Greg Tui, I'm at my home studio on a landline. i got to make up for yesterday, so Doug, I appreciate the second chance here. Um, what's your Harbaugh out first three games. What, you most concerned with the UNLV game? It's, it's like, hey, pick the three games that he don't need to show up, and that's the ones he's suspended for. I, I think Michigan uh, could comfortably defeat East Carolina with, uh, I, I, I suspect, coaches Morosi and Gottlieb running the team that day if we really had to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. I actually think we could coach that team quite well. That would, that would, that would be fun. So That'd be fun. We should do. We should sign up, sign up for that. JP, thanks so much. Uh, enjoy the weekend. All the best, Doug. You as well. Thanks so much. Here's Ryan Music with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Always great to have John Paul Morosi in to talk some baseball. And we're going to turn our attention to the NFL, Doug, as we have Dak Prescott entering his eighth year in the league as the starting quarterback of your Dallas Cowboys, Doug. And he will not be participating in the preseason. He sat the first two games, not participating in the third and final game. Prescott does see some benefits by getting to put his sole focus on the week one season opener against the Giants saying, understanding that I wasn't playing in the preseason allowed me to move forward and watch some of the past games against the Giants, our history with them. We got to prepare. 
It's game one. You want to start off hot and start off the right way. And when you got the time to do that, you got to use it. What do you think about this approach from Jack and the Cowboys? I just, I mean, just win games. I don't know. I look. I like their. I I like their defense. Um, everyone I've talked to in the sport thought they were better off with Kellen Moore calling plays. The one thing I like about Mike McCarthy calling plays and this is the one thing is you are better off when everybody's aligned, right? And you have no greater alignment with your play caller than when your head coach is your play caller. So I just, when I'm, I'm 30,000 feet above the Cowboys, I'm interested, you know, I'm, I'm interested. I, that whole division last year, you know, three of the teams got to the playoffs. Washington wasn't really competitive, although they did beat the, the Eagles. Uh, their their schedule is going to be more difficult. And I don't know how much better the Cowboys got, but I do think that having Tony Pollard be the guy is something they've known for years. I don't, I don't, I don't hate the approach. I'm more interested in the play calling and how that meshes with Dak. And we'll wrap up with this. Sticking with the NFL, the Texans took C.J. Stroud in the first round. The general expectation is for him to be their franchise quarterback of the future. Only problem up to this point. Texans have not come out and named him the week one starter. Now, for Stroud, he is saying all the right things about this quarterback battle. Man, I ain't really serving. I'll just do it. Um, it's on my plate. I'm not worried about nobody else's plate. Um, I got to focus on what we got going on in this locker room and just getting better every day, man. It's not about any of that stuff, man. It's about competing every day and just getting better. So whenever that time is about to come, that's up to, that's not my job. You know what I'm saying? My job is to go out there and play. So I got the fun stuff to do. So saying all the right things that a franchise quarterback could say as he goes through a quarterback battle with last year's starter in Davis Mills. He's really in a quarterback battle with Davis Mills? Uh, listen, maybe their first-year head coach, D'Amico Ryans, is uh, going to play a little you know, chess, little mind games leading up to week one. I know Greg Tuohy is just waiting on no, bated no, breath no, here. No. To, this is not a quarterback battle. It's never been a quarterback battle. As soon as they drafted Stroud number two, he was the starter. D'Amico's just playing hard to get. He's just going to make him. He's going to make him. He doesn't want to just give it to him right away. And he said that like the first week of camp. So, which which I think is, I think is smart. It is. Yeah, I, I think it's smart. Like we 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 rush it out there, and you can develop some bad habits if you play a guy too early. You know, and and don't refine. There's now there's there's a sitting him too long and. What are the honest expectations of the Texans? Five wins? Maybe six wins? Do we not think that D'Amico can build a really good defense? I Yes, I, absolutely. Their problem is depth. They don't. They have uh, a few really good players on defense that are young, but they don't have a lot of depth. So, okay, so the, the question, Greg, and this is probably the most anybody should or will spend on the Houston Texans this year, but the question is, like, <laughs> no, if your greatest chance to win is when you have your best depth, and your best depth is the start of the year, then, then maybe start him right away. Whereas, and, and we all we always think it's about your offensive line, about your offense, sometimes about your defense too, in terms of putting you in bad positions. <coughs> yep. So, you know, he's going to be your guy if he's relatively confident and competent in what you're going to do. Like I don't. Now, the the only reason I would play Davis Mills is if I I thought he needed you, you wanted him to see it a real NFL game a little bit, which I understand. And the other part is. I think Jacksonville is probably the least talked about, really talented, pretty good team. Like they, 
they competed with the Chiefs in the playoffs. Granted, Chargers should have stepped on their throats and beaten them when they're up 27-0. But this is a good Jack. That's the team that'll win the division. The rest of the division is very much up in the air. You know, up in the air. Tennessee, you would think, would be second. And then Indy is in rebuild as well. So maybe if you think, hey, can we can win a couple games really, we can get some confidence. But if the defense is, lacks depth, start your starting quarterback of the future when you have your best depth and give yourself a chance for early success, which bodes well into the future. That's Ryan Music and Greg Tui with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. I'm so ready for college football. I just am. I just am. I think the reason that, one of the reasons that we love like the college football game, same reason, like it's the, the creativity factor. You know, you actually run your quarterbacks. There actually has been triple option. You know, you look at all any of the kind of clever formations that have made their way to the NFL. Obviously, many of them started out in high school, but colleges use them. Excited for the weekend. You should be too, because we have real college. Caleb Williams will play. They play San Jose State. Brent Brennan's team, he's very good coach. And then, of course, uh, Notre Dame takes on Navy. Johnny Lujak would be proud. Who's going to surprise you in college football in week zero? On the gambling end, I'm saying. Uh, coming up next, we'll get you the lines, and we'll tell you who we like coming into week zero of college football. That's next. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is The Herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer, and we have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts this episode is brought to you by navy federal credit union at navy federal it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years and not just help them but do everything to make sure they not only grow but flourish that's why navy federal credit union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky high rates so don't hesitate start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options navy federal credit union our members are the mission Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. 
It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. When, yes. those, when those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The that's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, oh. started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. We were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. This is The Herd on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeart Radio app. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy can bring out a whole new you, and BetterHelp makes it easy to match with a licensed therapist. Get 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash herd. Jared Smith joins us. Uh, he co-hosts Countdown to Kickoff along with Brian No and Rich Ornberger Saturday at 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time getting ready for college football. Jared's a gambling analyst, and I'm not sure if you're aware, but in many states you can legally put money on this stuff. You no longer, or you still can't call your guy. Uh, now you can do it legally. Um, Jared, I, Notre Dame and Navy jumped off. Uh, jumped out to me because uh, Notre Dame looks like an upgraded quarterback. But you lose your offensive coordinator, you replace him with a former tight ends coach. And then, you know, in, in a world of where everything changes, including Navy's head coach has changed. Mm. But the fact is, they're not a transfer portal team, so they have some consistency. Am I crazy to think uh, Navy in the under seems like the play here? Oh, yeah, I, I really like the under. And, Doug, I think the biggest change when you're watching college football this year, the biggest rule change that's going to impact gambling, especially the totals, is the running clock after first downs. And I think it's going to impact a running team like Navy a lot more. Now, you mentioned the new head coach. Obviously, Ken Amatololo has been there. Uh, he was there for like 15 years. In college football years, that's like an eternity. They promote the defensive coordinator, Brian Newberry, to take over. So there is continuity there. And... Coach Newberry used to coach at Kennesaw State. He brought over the old Kennesaw State OC, who also ran an option offense, but they threw it a little bit more. I think Navy's going to be a little bit more pass-heavy this year, but frankly, they're very undermanned at the quarterback position. You're going to see two or three different guys. One's a good thrower. One's a good runner. So I think inconsistent, certainly, on the Navy offense. On the Notre Dame offense, I think Sam Hartman's going to be an upgrade, but he's used to running this slow-mesh system and we'll see exactly what Notre Dame wants to do this year with Jared Parker, and I think that might be a bit of a learning curve, too. Now, the one good thing, he has a fantastic offensive line in front of him, maybe yep. perhaps the best two tackle bookends in the country. Joe Alt's going to be a, a top-15 pick, and Blake Fisher on the other side. So he's got a really good running back room. I think the wide receiver group is a little bit subpar, but a great offensive line, great running game. On the other side, though, Navy can stop the run. If you go back and look at the box score from this game last year, they held Notre Dame to 66 yards rushing 
1.9 per carry. It was a really weird game. Notre Dame got off to this crazy start, 35 in the first half, and then they didn't score in the second half. They barely held on to win. They didn't cover the spread. The game did go over. But I like your angle here because I think up front maybe can at least compete with Notre Dame in the first half, perhaps, and then once, thing wear, once things wear down in the second half, we'll see. But this game's also being played in Dublin, so weather, field conditions, all of those, all of those things a factor. I think we've seen this total drop. I think the under would be the way I would bet it. Okay. Uh, USC uh, and Caleb Williams, the defending uh, Heisman Trophy winner, they take on San Jose State. Brent Brennan's done a very good job at San Jose State. Uh, probably the best job he did, frankly, was COVID year, right? Where they were, they they could even practice on campus at, like ever during the season. It was just a bizarre year, bizarre, bizarre year. Uh, obviously, not the case now. Um, Lincoln Riley's trying to remake his defense. The total sixty six and a half, and the last line I saw was 31, 31 mm-hmm. points. What do you like? Yeah, I think this feels like an over game, but the numbers just continue to go up and up. And uh, the bookmakers I talked to, you can't find anybody who is willing to bet an under and, and kind of stop this number from continuing to climb. I, I do think San Jose State's offense is going to move the football here. They've got pretty much their entire starting group back, including quarterback Cordero. You remember him from Hawaii, kind of a, a an, an, an open gunslinger type quarterback. And I do think that's going to be the San Jose State vibe this year. If you are following around this Spartans team throughout the season, I, I would consider, consider betting the over most weeks. Uh, and, and you would imagine on the other side of the ball, it's the first game for USC. They've got a ton of important games on the horizon. Their defense was a disaster last year. They were outside the top 80 in almost every single statistical category that I look at, including the explosive pass uh, plays where they were really uh, poor. So I, I could see USC getting off to a fast start, and obviously that uh, offense is, is, is going to put up a ton of points. And I, I really could see San Jose State coming back, especially in the second half, um, and, and putting some points on the board as well. I think if you want a specific bet for this game, the San Jose State team total at 17.5 feels like a good bet to the over. Three touchdowns against the USC defense that, again, struggled last year, and you would expect a lot of garbage time late. The spread is 30 so second stringers, third stringers for the Trojans in the second half. I think Shevin Cordero and his offense should be able to put up three touchdowns in this game. All right, uh, not this weekend, but we're coming up on Texas and Alabama. And as of now, Bama's a seven-point favorite at home. We don't know who the Alabama quarterback's going to be. Texas does. And by all accounts, Quentin Ewers looks way better in terms of his body, and he has a lot more experience. Doesn't this scream, hey, if you can get in early, put money on the horns? Absolutely. And I, I think if, if you took Bryce Young off the field last year, <laughs> Texas wins that game uh, against Alabama. And I don't think there's any doubt about it in my mind. I think Bryce Young was kind of the stopping point to a lot of disasters unfolding for the Crimson Tide last year. That's how good he was. And, and I don't want to say that the expectations for Alabama are not sky high. The talent is there. It is always there. But the offensive coordinator is new. The defensive coordinator is new. The quarterback goes from the number one pick in the draft, arguably one of the smartest players we've seen come through the college football ranks in the last two decades, and now they have a bit of a conundrum there with what type of vibe fits best. Now, again, the talent is through the roof, and Texas has this way of screwing things up when when the stakes are at, at their highest. But if you ask me the trajectory of both programs right now, I would say I'm a little bit neutral to bearish on Alabama where I'm a little bit more bullish on Texas. So I think this could be 
a changing of the tide type of game. It would be an early shot across the bow if Texas pulls off this win. And I think the trends of each program says it's possible, but it's really hard to doubt Alabama and Nick Saban because at the end of the day, they just keep reloading. They do. Uh, last thing, Colorado, basically a whole new team. And they open up, what, next week against TCU, who played for national championship. And look, a lot of these teams have whole new teams, maybe not as much as, as Colorado does. I think the question becomes, because of the impact that people think Dion's going to have in recruiting, does the TCU run it up on them? Do we get to the, they, they, the teams run it up on them before, they, before it clicks in Colorado? I, I agree. And I, frankly, I think the first five weeks of that schedule could be a really tough start. TCU, then Nebraska, which course familiar with old school you know 90s big 12 that's a huge rivalry then they play in-state rival colorado state then they go to eugene to play oregon and then they play usc at home i mean oh and five is staring them right in the face and the volatility i think of that program right now is what scares me the most i don't trust Deion sanders to keep the ship steady when the adversity is striking because right now it's just it's a lot of highs and lows so the the talent is there i think eventually they will win some games but it could be a tough start in boulder uh for coach prime jared you're the best man can't wait to hear the show tomorrow thanks so much for joining us i appreciate you absolutely good luck this season Doug. that's uh, jared smith co-host of countdown to kickoff check it out every saturday morning 9 a.m to noon eastern time yeah remember the rules have changed in college football in terms of the timing and running the clock so why, why does that matter well it matters especially a team like Navy who's going to run the option, run the football, shorten the game. So it changes how you bet. And if we use, and the, the, the changes aren't as dramatic as Major League Baseball, but look at how the length of game has changed. And it's changed so much about the sport. I think some of that will creep in to college football. Um, all right, well, we'll be back Monday for you. Recap week zero, get you ready for week one, and cover the rest of the world of sports. Have a great weekend. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is The Hurt. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.